Today, we continue in our—oh, sorry, went too far. We continue in our sermon series looking at Philippians. And as we do that, we've talked about how we embrace joy, not, not happiness, not that act of just being happy, but joy that comes from Jesus. And we do that continually. We do it completely, and today we're going to talk about doing it confidently, embracing joy confidently. And one thing you may not know about me is that I have a love for American musical theater. So uh, you, you just caught a, a glimpse of it. But every time I sat down to read Philippians 3 and start studying for today's message, I had one scene go through my head over and over again. And here it is. I have confidence in confidence alone. That's it, right? So when we talk about confidence— We feel like we have all of the right words, but like Julie Andrews in that picture, it it comes to a point where we take a deep sigh and we see the world in front of us. So often as we see the world in front of us, we see a world that shows confidence because they have the right words and they have the money to back them. Think about Bruce Wayne and Batman, right? He has all of the money in the world so he can do everything he wants. And yet, time and time again, there's struggles that happen. They have to keep the series going some way, right? And as we look at life around us, we see people who try to do it bigger, better, faster all of the time. And and they think that if we can do it just bigger, better, faster than the next guy, we'll have a reason to stand tall puff out our chest and be confident about the world. For Paul, he says it like this, look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Look out for the people who are all about themselves, their selfish ambition. It's mine, mine, mine. As we look at the world around us, we see this coming out in people who just want it bigger, better, faster than the next guy. Mine, mine, mine. But as we look at that confidence you gain in that, we can see that it's fleeting. It's not something that lasts, but it stumbles and falls just like we do all the time. So what does Paul have to tell us today about confidence. If it's not bigger, better, faster, what is it? For for Paul, it's knowledge that leads to action. Knowledge that leads to action. And if we look at the world around us, we can see how this plays out even in that bigger, better, faster for people who are confident. But Paul's confidence is something different. His knowledge that leads to action stems from knowing Christ. Paul says it this way, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And he goes on to make a list. He's a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. He's persecuted the church. He's got zeal. He's got it all. Paul, as he's looking at life, 
can say, I've done it bigger, better, and faster than anyone else. I should be confident in who I am. I know what I know. But he doesn't. He doesn't do that. What Paul says is, all of that stuff is rubbish. The knowledge that leads him to action comes from knowing Christ. It's in Christ's death and resurrection. See, Paul knew that there was something about Jesus that actually mattered more than just a moment in time, but would have everlasting, everlasting confidence, bring him everlasting confidence. Indeed, I count everything as lost, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For Paul, that knowledge is in Christ, but it's also in the promises that he knows come from Christ. Every morning, I try to say this to myself, because it's so easy to forget why we have confidence. What are those promises that we have from Jesus that, that mean something to us and allow us to embrace joy confidently? They can be really boiled down to these. I am loved. I am forgiven. And I have hope. These are three promises that, that we tend to miss in life at times. Right? How many of us have, have woken up over the last six months and felt like there was no hope? How many of us have done something in our lives where we feel like we can't be forgiven? How many of us have felt unlovable at some point in our lives? That's why these promises are for each and every one of us, because they are true. They are true because of Christ's death and resurrection, that you are loved you are forgiven, and you have hope. Will you say these with me? I'll say them, and then you say them. I am loved. I am forgiven. And I have hope. These are promises for each and every one of us that are new every morning. And they give us something to sink our confidence in that's not fleeting. It's not bigger, better, faster. But it's a solid foundation for each and every one of us to stand on each and every day. So what does this mean for us? This means that we are able to embrace joy with confidence. Right? So if, if confidence is, is knowledge that leads action, it means that we can embrace joy. The, the idea that there is a hope that goes beyond today. It's not about happiness, but it's about knowing that we have a solid foundation underneath us that gives us a hope for an everlasting life. And we can grab a hold of that knowledge, and it leads us to action today. So how does this actually play out? Well, we read about it in the scripture. For Jesus, it plays out this way. He's on a, a lake, and a big storm comes up. People are freaking out, and he is sleeping. 
He's sleeping. And yet when he's woken, he simply speaks, and the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus is the creator of all things, and so in that, the winds and the wave obey him. He has confidence. But not only does that bring confidence, he had enough confidence in his love and his forgiveness for us that he went to the cross so that we can say those promises each and every day for ourselves. And then we have Paul, the church in Philippi, the letter of Philippians, right? The church started out because Paul had knowledge that led to action. He had confidence in the joy that came in Christ. So he's sitting in jail, singing songs. An earthquake comes. It breaks the shackles. It unhinges the doors. Imagine the magnitude of that earthquake. Now, I would venture to say some of us in here may have, or if you're at home, may have been through an earthquake that the, the pictures on the wall shake a little bit. Have you ever been in an earthquake that unhinged a door? No, exactly. We haven't. It had to be massive. And as the jailer enters into the jail, all hope is lost. His bigger, better, faster mentality is gone because what he was supposed to take care of is destroyed. He has a sword to his stomach to disembowel himself. And yet Paul, having the knowledge and love of Christ, leads him to action to say, Stop! Don't do it. We are all here. We are all here. And with that, the jailer and his family come to know that love and that forgiveness of Jesus. And they begin the church. Putting knowledge in, that leads to action there. We can see in our own lives where this takes place. For me, I think of a lady that I spent some time with recently who is in her last moments on earth. She can confidently say, it's okay, I know Jesus is waiting for me. Or a widower who gets up every day knowing they are loved and forgiven, even though pain is there and struggles are happening, they're able to smile and connect with other widowers and share Christ's love. It plays out in a young man who works in an environment where language is coarse and, and it's a hard, what we call a hard work environment. And people notice that he doesn't swear. He doesn't use those coarse words. And because of that, he's able to talk to people. And after time, start up a Bible study. Because he's taking the knowledge he has of being loved and forgiven, and it's leading him to action of sharing that love and forgiveness with other people. The mom on a playground who sits next to another mom who's struggling in the isolation we feel right now and is able to just hear and then speak into that life 
just support and encouragement, words of love. It's that knowledge leads into action. As we look at embracing joy confidently, it means that we're looking at the people around us in the world. We're asking God, what would you have us say to support and love and encourage them, to love our neighbors as ourselves, no matter what they look like, what they have, or what they do, knowing that all the people around us need God's love and forgiveness and to have a hope for tomorrow. We live in a broken world that's all about bigger, better, and faster. And those things are fleeting. Christ and Christ's promises are not, and that knowledge leads us to the action of being able to love one another. So my challenge for you this week, right now, think of three people. Three people in your life that as you embrace joy confidently, you can share words of love and support and encouragement this week. You can take the knowledge you have and let it lead you to the action of lifting someone else up. Who are those three people in your life? Knowing that you are loved and forgiven children of God, and that brings you hope, allows you to love, forgive, and bring hope to someone else. As we think about those people in our lives, we're also reminded about the knowledge that we have. And we say creeds in church to help us remember those knowledge, that knowledge that we have of who God is, what he's done for us, and what we believe. I'm going to invite you to stand now as we join together in the Apostles' Creed and those words that we know lead us to God's promises so that we can go from here embracing joy confidently.